From the creators of Relevant Magazine, this is the Relevant Podcast. Friday, December 1st, 2017. Merry Christmas, everyone. It's the Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and this week's show is brought to you by Lady Bird. Lady Bird is a new film starring Saoirse Ronan and Laurie Metcalf and is directed by the super talented Greta Gerwig. Essentially, it's a coming-of-age story about a turbulent mother-daughter relationship. It is the perfect prodigal daughter story. Rotten Tomatoes just announced that Lady Bird is the best-reviewed movie ever. Wow. Its rating is still 100% on the site, and, and that's after 173 reviewers nationwide. Wow. With total uni- unanimity. Uni- unanimity? U- U- totally unanimously. There you go. <laughs> Completely <laughs> <unanimous>. never happens. <laughs> uh, we're, we're coming into award season, and Lady Bird is showing up everywhere. It was nominated for Best Picture by the uh, Independent Spirit Awards and the Gothams, and the National Board of Review just announced their annual awards, and Lady Bird was named to their top 10 list. Laurie Metcalf, the mom in the movie, won Best Supporting Actress and Greta Gerwig for one for Best Director. Pretty good for a first-time director. Go see it. It's opening wide. It's pushing yeah. it out. We saw it. I loved it. Uh, so it gets the relevant stamp oh, of approval. So now that's 174 reviews you, on you, Run to And you know Greta Gerwig now owns the new record for the uh, highest per theater uh, intake for a movie of any movie directed by a female director of all time. Wow. Yeah. wow. And and you know why? You know why? Uh, they're sponsoring the relevant podcast this exactly, week. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and can <laughs> I? Neat. Is it too late to give a tease for the next issue of the magazine? Because there may or may too not. Too late? It's still not too out. Early. So too, it's, early. Oh, too early. Too early. Yeah. To give a tease for that, there may or may not be uh, an interview with Greta Gerwig in there. So mm. there that go. wasn't much of a tease. It was just saying like Greta Gerwig's going to be in the magazine. <laughs> Eddie, don't don't ruin everything. <laughs> a tease would with be your like marketing talk. No, a tease to, would it's be called, like, it's called it's 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 called building hype, dude. Yeah, <laughs> it's like somebody from the Lady Bird movie will be in the magazine. That's a tease because then you're like, oh. Who is no, it? I didn't say what she said. No, you're yeah, just like, here's who's in the mix. Like I said, I'm yours, Cameron. Here with me in our Orlando studios, Eddie Big Hat Koffeltz. Nice to see you, Cameron. Over there, our new managing editor, Andre Henry. Yo. On the uh, ones and twos, our illustrious producer, my brother, Chandler Strang. Hello. And joining us live and in person, in the flesh, from Virginia Beach, Virginia, here in Orlando, Florida, for a few days, <laughs> Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. Yeah, Skype has, person. there's been a, a noticeable, like, downturn in usage. They just don't know what to do without Jesse being on with us for three hours <laughs> yeah, in the middle of the week. Right. Like, Skype's oh, the real crisis. Sock plummeted. Yeah. Real big crisis. Hey, we have a, a great show in store for you today. Coming up uh, later, Beth Moore joins us. Oh, what? Beth Moore is the best. Oh, she's she's a pistol Dang. nowadays. Yeah, yeah. I love her. Yeah. <laughs> this is, I'll say this. This is a, I say the word, I always say like they say something shocking as a joke because I, you know, she literally says stuff that I found pretty shocking. She's about, a, if you don't know Beth Moore, she's a famous author, speaker, uh, <laughs> leader in the Christian women's movement. And she has... She has gotten a little spunky on on Twitter over the last year or two, you know, given the climate in America. And she is one of the Christian leaders I'm most proud of. You know, a lot of them have just kind of fallen into, you know, just kind of sheepism. 
in this odd climate, uh, you know, in kind of Christian political situation. And Beth Moore and others like Russell Moore, not related yeah. and, and, um, and, and other leaders too, yeah. have kind of said, you know what? This is crazy. This isn't okay. Yeah. And uh, we're, we're proud to have her on the show yeah, today. And, and I think of all the leaders that, you know, because like a Russell Moore or someone like that, that's also set up. Someone like Beth Moore, I feel like, has the most to kind of lose from oh, yeah. going against the grain. Yeah, for sure. Because of the kind of, the in the size of following that she has. She's an independent ministry. So to see her standing up in these kind of uncertain times well, she, is really she, encouraging. Uh, most recently has been speaking out about, you know, all the egregious sexual assault huh? news that's been happening yeah. and, and especially as it relates to the church and stuff she she told us that she's lost 30 percent of her following yeah. wow because of speaking up for right what's yeah. right yeah. and i mean it's like crazy. hey you know what she's gonna come on the show today we'll get that we'll get that 30 percent back we'll get a yeah. new 30 yeah. percent yeah. people exactly. really like like people like that to stay in their lane don't they they want her to be the kind of like funny sort of fiery bible study lady yeah yep. and when she starts nope. to speak you know, as a three-dimensional person that cares about something other than the Bible study she writes for the you. The same thing happened with when uh, a couple years ago, Lecrae started speaking out about racial injustice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like his True. white evangelical fan base turned their back on him. Yeah. yeah. And he, I mean, he talked about that in the magazine. I mean, it was like a crisis of faith for him. Like yeah. I don't belong there anymore. Yeah. And, uh, and so you know, Beth Moore, the same thing's happening because she's speaking up about sexual assault and other issues yeah. that are social, social issues. The crazy thing on that though, is like Beth Moore's following is probably mostly women. Yeah. So like mm-hmm. to speak about something that is affecting most of her audience and for, you know, that same audience to be like, hey, what are you doing? Feels feels like a responsibility almost like right. she's. Yeah. And, and I mean, just the toxic political environment, no matter what your political personal leanings are, th- there has to be some voices to be like, OK, so this is Christ like and this is not Christ like mm-hmm. and yeah. not being afraid of what the political implications may or may not be. Um, you know, it's it's been encouraging to see her kind of stand up to this kind of stuff. And also coming up on the show, uh, we have, how do you, you, they're not a worship group, beautiful eulogy. It's kind of hip hop and experimental indie music and worshipfulness. And it's amazing. It's its own thing. It's its own thing. Beautiful eulogy is on. They have a new album. Uh, They're coming on though to do the segment. I love this segment, the songs that changed my life. So some of the songs that are most influential to them. Yeah. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. It's a good show. Yeah, good show. Nice. See, that's a nice teaser. It's a good show. Right? That makes sense. That makes me want to listen to more. It's I didn't like say, a- I, Eddie, did I say everything that was in the next issue? Did I read the table of contents where I say, there's an interview with Greta Gerwig? A teaser. She's not on the cover. It's just a teaser. Yeah. What's in there? It's a little we, look behind the pages. Yeah, yeah. We got something exciting happening not, in the show. To, not everything is literal, okay? Right. I don't think anyone was like, you know, I, I was expecting to be teased. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You just told me, you yeah. just told me a fact, and I wanted to be teased. It's just marketing I'm done with one. this podcast. Just un- unsubscribe me because I wanted to be teased about. <laughs> right. All right. We're well, going to show along. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, it is, hey, it's December. It's, it's December. Are you, have you guys decorated for Christmas? Are you hey, guys man, good? I'm not afraid to say happy holidays, Cameron. Happy holidays, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, it, there's really only one holiday in December. And that's not true. Hanukkah's in December. So yeah, you're right. And there's I celebrate two. them all. You do. Yeah. Yeah. You just, and so, yeah. yes, we've Very decorated. Kwanzaa's de- in December, too. We've decorated. Let's not forget. Yeah. Thank you. And we've decorated <laughs> for the holidays. Can I ask a question? Does no, anybody celebrate? Does anybody celebrate Kwanzaa? Yeah, people celebrate. Okay, Kwanzaa. okay, I didn't know. Okay, Cameron, I didn't know. It was Cameron. <laughs> Sometimes they mix up the voices and they can't tell who's talking. It was Cameron. This is, you know, for me, it's a big, for me, it's a big month because uh, it's the December to remember Toyota Thon. <laughs> 
I have been waiting all year. <laughs> Are you getting a card? I mean, I go to the lot. I, I've never bought one, but, uh, you know, for, for me and my family, this is, uh, you know, the Toyotathon December to Remember is just, you know, speaking of marketing, it's just a really special thing. Yeah. Yeah. They have, like, free eggnog in the lobby. The They've asked us not to come into the dealership, but we're just coming in for yeah. free eggnog and candy canes. But just kind of get you in the mood for the season. <laughs> right. you know? They put the commercials on if they didn't want yeah, you to know about it. Don't exactly. invite us in for a you free test You said a limited time. Yeah, I sure. got to go see it for myself. Yeah. 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 Well, I know this isn't coming around for another year. This right. is special. Right. Very true. So, yeah, happy holidays. Thank you. Uh, um, moving the show along. It's time for our weekly look back at what happened in culture and entertainment. It's time for... In case you missed it. If you were to concoct a, uh, a Mad Lib of a successful, relevant magazine content item, yes, this <laughs> is the one that you would use these names to fill in the blanks. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. A video of Selena Gomez giving her testimony at the Hillsong Conference <laughs> okay. went viral yeah, this because week. Because it would read like this. A video of blank giving her blank at blank went viral. <laughs> and he would be like, oh, Selena testimony Gomez at Hillsong. testimony at Hillsong Conference. <laughs> yeah. Somebody wrote and they were being snarky on some comment somewhere. They're like, oh, are they gonna? if they talk about Christ, you'll post about them. And I'm like, well, yeah, yes. Isn't that kind of a the thing? intersection of faith and culture. If, 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 if people who are influencing culture have a, a moment of talking about faith or Jesus <laughs> or whatever, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of our thing. We cover that. <laughs> so, yeah, oh, you nailed us. Oh, yeah. Uh, an gotcha. influential person talking about Christ. Oh, how dare they? <laughs> really go so, oh, so cliche. Oh, so let me get this straight. You're going back to the Christ well? <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> yeah. Uh, the singer was recently a guest at the Hillsong Conference in L.A. where she took the stage and read a letter she had written to herself that explained her personal faith journey and reflected how Christ's message became real to her. She read, Selena, you are enough, not because you've tried hard, not because you have loved hard or put on your best face, not because you have been given a large platform and not because others tell you you're enough. You are enough because you are a child of God who has been pursued from the very beginning. You are enough because his grace has saved you and covered you. Yeah. Here's a clip. He is simply calling you to walk faithfully in a way that allows others to see Selena, you are enough. Not because you've tried hard, not because you have loved hard or put on your best face, not because you have been given a large platform, and not because others who tell you that you are enough. You are enough because you are a child of God who has been pursued from the very beginning. You are enough because His grace has saved you Every good thing you do will flow from this truth. What you give to others will always be an overflow of what he has given to you. Selena, you don't have to try so hard. You can rest. See, it's cool that a pop star of that caliber would be that uh, vulnerable. You know, it's a five-minute clip. You watch the whole thing on RelevantMagazine.com and additional That's called here. a tease right there. Yeah, that's a tease. There it is. Yeah, I'm <laughs> not going to say what else she said, but yeah, it was... You can watch it. It was, it was vulnerable, too. And, it, yeah. it, you know, I don't hear a lot of, like... Um, people who are known for being Christian artists or Christian thinkers or Christian influencers sometimes get as vulnerable as she does. And, and I thought it was a cool thing. You know? Yeah. Um, hey, in case you missed it, for the first time in Grammy history, a white male was not nominated for album of the year. Our time is done. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the music industry is embracing diversity. Uh, finally, the album of the year nominees include uh, Childish Gambino's "Awaken My Love," Lord's "Melodrama," Jay Z's "444." 4, Bruno Mars's 24K Magic and Kendrick Lamar's latest album. Back in 99, four female artists, uh, Lauren Hill, Shania Twain, Sheryl Crow, and Madonna, and a female fronted band, Garbage, were nominated. Who's Those, Shania Twain? Yeah. Uh, Though several bow, members bow. of uh, Garbage were men. Um, Recording Academy President Neil Portnow explained to Variety that they've recently opened up the pool of voters to 13,000 people and for the first time allowed people to vote online. He added, the results are reflecting the music of the times. Hip-hop and urban music is pervasive in our society worldwide, not just in America. So when that continues to be evident and evolve, this is a reflection of that. And, and I was actually proud, not just of Best Album. There was actually, they, you know, they, there's some yeah. good albums nominated yeah. in the yeah. different the, categories The, the only year. one, and, and, and it's not about, you know, I think it, the, the diversity that is on display this year is awesome. The only one that got a ton of nominations that I don't think I agree with, not because of who the artist is, because of the actual album, is Jay-Z. Like, I don't think this is his best work. Like, well, it's, it's not his, his most, best work, but it's an important album. And it's this year is one of the most important hip hop albums. It, it, I mean, he, the I, man, but, but, but isn't it, isn't it weird that like this huh. Jay-Z album could get all these awards when I feel like in, and when you look back on his catalog, he's had more important and, and, and more influential moments. So you're saying almost like they're giving hmm. bias to this album because he, as an it, artist, it's like, deserves Martin, it's like when Martin Scorsese says he won a, a, a best director for, um, it was like The Departed or yeah, something right. where it's like, they were really you should have done it for a casino or something. Yeah. You know? Like they're making up for not recognizing for that, okay. which I don't have like an issue with, but I feel, I look at every other album on that list and I mean, I'm not like a big Bruno Mars fan, but I think you can make a case that they all were more successful records. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah, it wasn't his most successful album, but I, I as an artistic piece of work, a meaningful piece of work, I think it was his most profound album. It was Kendrick, definitely the most personal. For Kendrick sure. has to win that though, right? Like when you look at all those albums, was there anything objectively any better than that album in that Charles entire Gambino's list? was yeah, great, I was but I would say really Kendrick, good. I would yeah, be my pick out of Kendrick. that selection. Um, I went to the Jay-Z concert uh, a couple weeks ago yeah. this year. A uh, little, little Jay-Z fact, Dang. FYI, I don't know if you know this, it'll blow your mind. 444, you know what that means? You know what it stands for? Hmm. It's the street address of the elevate the building that had the elevator where he was Solange. caught on tape getting beat up by Solange. And isn't it the time of day that it, that, that happened was at 444 or yeah. something like that? I afternoon? don't know. I thought, I thought it was in the evening. I don't know. That could be right. But I, but wow. it's the street address of that building. So wow. like this whole thing is like the story of yeah. that. Yeah. Oh. I, I think it's a, I think it's a, in, like, it is the most personal thing he's done. And it's where the, the one album where he's dropped some bravado and actually gotten mm -hmm. vulnerable and humble. Well, this you tour know? that he's doing, which I just saw does the same thing. Like it, it reflects kind of where he's at in this era. Like it wasn't a big show. I mean, it filled an arena, but it was in the round and it was just him on stage. He had a live band and everything, but they were all like in an orchestra pit that you couldn't see. Yeah. And, and uh, it was just him on stage for two hours and it was like, there wasn't any flash. I mean, it was like some screens and stuff, but it was just, it was just analog and it was intimate and it was, it was incredible. 
Hey, in case you missed it, uh, for this week, former uh, President Obama sent a message to Jimmy Kimmel and Bono's Shopaton, teasing viewers that he would unveil secrets about aliens if they help him in the fight against AIDS. As part of the uh, primetime <laughs> special, celebrities encourage viewers to do Christmas shopping at Amazon.com slash red and check out celebrity hangout packages at omaze.com slash red. Red's raised over $500 million to help fight AIDS. In his brief address, Obama also encouraged viewers to fight against their own cynicism and come together for a world-changing cause. Here's a clip. I know we live in a time when cable news and our Twitter feeds can make it feel like cynicism is everywhere. But when it comes to the fight against HIV-AIDS, there's some genuinely good news to share. For the first time in history, more than half of all people living with the virus are on life-saving medication. Since the peak of the virus, AIDS-related deaths have been cut in half. Today, more than 20 million people around the world are on antiretroviral drugs that make it possible to live, work, and raise HIV-free children. That's why I'm here tonight, and I'm asking you to join us. And if you do, you can pilot Air Force One for a day. Uh, we can't do that anymore, sir. No? We can't do that anymore? No. Okay. If you do, I'll share our files on the aliens. I don't know how badly Jimmy wants to see them. We can't do that. We can't do that either. No, we can't do that either. But but I have them. They're in my desk right now. Not only was this like a super positive and inspiring message, and he was like, you know, I give a lot of credit to Democrat leaders. I give a lot of credit to Republican leaders, yeah. you know, but this is something we can all come together for. But even turning it and, and adding those like, Kind of cheesy, but kind of like self-aware and funny jokes about I will hand Jimmy Kimmel the alien files, which I have in my desk right now. If you help in this campaign, it's like, man, that's just like a cool. Yeah, retired message. Obama is cool. Obama. Yeah, yeah Obama. exactly. He's a, he's rocking backwards hats, eating ice cream cones. <laughs> he's, he's, he's like windsurfing. Yeah, windsurfing. He's yeah. always been really Parasailing. funny too. Yeah, yeah. He's got good comedic timing. But the other thing too is real talk. I want him to release those alien files. He's got yeah. nothing to lose. You they know that. something. <laughs> you know what? You know the biggest. You know, I'm like, oh, okay, time out here. Ace Relief is great. Go support Red if you're doing Christmas mm-hmm. shopping. It's a great thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, okay. Now we'll on to what I want to really talk about. Put a pin in that. You know, what the, I am like the most shocked about is that <laughs> with the name. Dan, I am shocked every day about what are about different things that come out of the White House. I am shocked that someone with a personality like our current president has not. <laughs> opened up the desk and looked at the weird UFO stuff and just released it all to the public. Or that like, there hasn't that been. That he doesn't have the well, he did that with JFK. Yeah, exactly. Like, there hasn't even been just a, like a tweet where you're like, oh, oh, it's all real. Like yeah, that he hasn't I, just been like, I just I, saw the files. I, I bet they went in there and like, hey, listen, we got to hide the UFO stuff from this guy. He's going to blow the lid off this thing. Mm, right. We got like 50 That's years of secrecy. Yeah. He's not going to be able to. It's shocking to me every day that he hasn't told us like real weird national security stuff just accidentally. You, you know? just lost 30% of your followers, <laughs> my friend. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, snap. Hey, in case you missed it, uh, Facebook has unveiled its new artificial intelligence that uh, helps in suicide prevention efforts. A new, on a new post, Mark Zuckerberg explained how the social media platform has created a new AI software that scans posts to look for clues that a user may be suffering from suicidal thoughts or impulses. And from there, the posts are sent to human moderators who review them. The users are then sent mental resources or in emergency cases, first responders are contacted. Wow. Zuckerberg said that the software is already saving lives. It's been more than 100 times first responders were able to help 
No way. Yeah. yeah. We're in 100 already. Wow. Yeah. And, and they've only rolled this out in select places. Like, this is still like in beta testing. Wow. They can't even use it in Europe because of privacy measures. But I guess, you know, in regions here where you're there are kind of permitted to use algorithms to scan posts, it's been incredibly effective. That's yeah. Those 100 times are just times that they've actually sent first responders to people. Not all the times they sent mental health resources to help them based on keywords and patterns that they've been able to identify. I read another stat that this type of technology, like understanding the um, psychology of people who use social media, there was another tech company that developed an algorithm that was able to detect legitimate mental health issues just from scanning Facebook posts with like 80% accuracy. Goodness. Wow. So it's, it's, I mean, okay, this is amazing. That's amazing. Saving lives. It's amazing. But the other, the ways that this could Get screwy. Oh well, I mean that's enormous. Always, there's always the the. I mean, what else are they? Could they monitor? You know, and like then yeah, market but, at you or? Well, know, but they already do that. Yeah, you know I was what I mean? say that's well, like that's already happening. Like I feel like they're already using this power for commercial benefit, right? Yeah. Like right. you know, I mean the the, the whole <laughs> you consent for using. Like a lot wasn't of people, there, were, wasn't there wasn't there a movie about like predictive crime fighting? Where like yeah, minor, they, minority report. was it minority report? Yeah. Where they know pre crime, pre crime. Yeah. They want to stop you before you do the oh, crime because yeah. they know that you're going to. Oh, yeah. That's where this is going. It really is. I, this well, is where it's going. I mean, there's already. Mm. I mean, well, they already. Here's the pattern of criminal behavior. Oh, we can see this 11-year-old is going down that path based on his Facebook stuff. Well, if that's where it's going, we know where it's going to go after that, which is whoever's in charge of pre-crime is going to be charged with a crime, and he's going to go get the pre-cog Spoiler out. Spoiler alert. And, you that, know. You're supposed to tease it. <laughs> yeah. You're supposed to tease it. Yeah. I, what, if I have, what if I forgot yeah. the plot of Minority yeah. Report, yeah. Eddie? Uh, uh, yeah, what if, is, I, what is, if I had forgotten Minority Report other than like a basic, oh, that's pretty good. He wore the cool gloves. I remember there was like a house in the woods of some yeah, sort. Yeah, thanks a lot, Yeah, that's where the pre-cog grew up. Yeah, I, I have a strange <laughs> amount of memory of that movie. I saw it like one time when it came out. I saw it one time when it came I out too, and now I want to watch it again, yeah. but now I don't. I know Ooh, because because Eddie weird. spoiled it. Maybe yeah. Eddie knew that I wouldn't want to watch it again because he had precog yeah. well, about all but, predestination. But in 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 all, uh, is this a Piper thing? Oh, it's totally. It's all free will. <laughs> all of this has already happened. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it <laughs> it's doesn't all in the blink yeah, of an eye. Yeah, Tom Cruise. So, yeah. so Tom John Cruise Piper loves never, this. Pa, yeah, yeah. So Tom Cruise loves Minority Report. Yeah, I mean, that's it, what we're saying. It, it, it's a very Calvinist thing. Yeah. Um, he uh, was never part of the elect, is yeah. what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, uh, unconditional election. All right, well, that'll do it for in case you missed it. Stay tuned. Up next, slices. Bike dream. I had a couple of those once, and then I got a new motorcycle. <laughs> At the beginning of the podcast, you heard cut copy with black rainbows to get you in the holiday spirit. This week's slices segment is brought to you by Away. 
a uh, baggage and accessories travel company. Tell me more. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> I do not know what this is. Oh, oh no, away, it was a, that was a tease, Eddie. Listen, he, yeah. away, away creates perfect luggage. Uh, they use high quality materials while offering a much lower price compared to other brands, but cutting out the middlemen and selling directly to you without the retail markup. So all their suitcases are made with like premium German polycarbonate that's very lightweight, oh. and bends and never breaks. The interiors feature patent-pending compression systems, helpful for overpackers. You seem like an overpacker. Do I? Yeah, you do. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> Everything is TSA approved. They have lock, all this stuff. Both sizes of the Away carry-on can charge all cell phones, tablets, e-readers, and anything else Clever. that's powered by a USB cord. That's really cool. I like that. Uh, a single charge of the Away carry-on will charge your uh, iPhone up to five times. You, there's a lifetime warranty and a 100-day trial as well. Away bags and accessories make for the perfect gift with their lifetime guarantee and 100-day trial. So there's a perfect size and color for everyone on your list this holiday season. Or grab an Away gift card if you can't make up your mind. That sounds amazing. Right now, Away is offering relevant podcast listeners a special deal for $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com slash relevant and use promo code relevant during checkout. Again, for 20 bucks off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com slash relevant and use promo code relevant. Just opened up Facebook checkout. talking about away. Yeah. <laughs> telling you. Yeah, there you go. I, away I, travel. I didn't even hear about That's it super cool. until two minutes ago. Okay. It's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right. Well, the first I have an update that I feel obligated to bring uh, an update on the slice I brought last week, which, you know, I don't know. It's got a lot of feedback. I mean, people are very excited that they got to hear the story of Mad Mike Hughes, who was uh, for if you didn't listen, the, 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 the quick update is over last weekend, he was planning on launching a homemade steam powered rocket yeah. up into the air from the desert to get a good look at things and definitively <laughs> determine to go up, uh, a thousand feet, right? A, a mile. A mile. A mile. Five one mile. Feet. One mile. He was going to go up a mile. He was going to look around, <laughs> make sure that the Earth is in fact flat, and Fair parachute enough. out. Yeah. The the as, the, a, as opposed to getting into an airplane, which would take doesn't, doesn't trust them. Doesn't yeah. trust them. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so I talked about this slice last week. I was pretty excited about. It. So yeah. on, I was you know enjoying a couple of days off for Thanksgiving. Did you watch? So on Friday, I'm like, oh man, Mad Mike is making his <laughs> jump tomorrow. And it's like so, the, it's like July Fourth, the hot dog eating contest. Yeah. It's yeah. appointment viewing. <laughs> around a holiday. Well, right. the thing is he was gonna, he was, his plan was to broadcast it online for, as a pay-per-view event. And I don't know what, I, I don't know what kind of site he was using. So I was like, you know, I got to find that. Russian money laundering I site. I don't want, <laughs> oh, no. I don't want to miss this tomorrow. So I'm going to get it all queued up. I'm going to figure out because Are whatever, you serious? You were going to pay for it? I was, whatever price he was going to pay, I was going to pay. <laughs> and so, no so, way. so I, so this is Friday afternoon, right? Uh, our podcast had just come out and I yeah. started getting tweets and people were like, Hey, what's up with Mad Mike? When is this happening? Happening. So I was like, all right, let me settle in here. And I, I ended up going <laughs> to send the wife and kids away. Yeah, hey guys, I'm going to be tied up for the rest of Black afternoon. Friday. Yeah, you guys do Christmas shopping. I'm, I'm going to hunker down here. I got I got three or four hours yeah. worth of stuff. Cameron's I got me doing at. this really important project. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. Sorry. It's, I, it's a whole, I'm, I'm on deadline. I got to figure out what's going on with Mad Mike. So um, I go on and I go on his YouTube channel and he has filmed a, a, a video, which looks like he just left his Thanksgiving, the Thanksgiving table. There's oh. family milling oh, yeah. around. And he is informing viewers that the uh, the launch was going to be delayed. Oh no! 
and that uh. evidently there was a little dust up with the with the Bureau of Land Management. Right. He Why? claims he had a verbal agreement that he could use their <laughs> land. <laughs> which to me, which to me, I'm no lawyer, <laughs> but that sounds like a legally binding verbal, verbal <laughs> contract. <laughs> where, I, where, in, where I come from, yeah. Yeah. you know, you spit in your hand and you shake the other man's, <laughs> and that's a deal. That's yeah. a deal. That's really just him walking outside going like, yeah, I can do this. Yeah, yeah. So, so he informs everyone that there was a little dust up between him and the Bureau of Land Management. Well, look, who hasn't been there? Right. And who among <laughs> us? Yeah, hasn't had their run-ins with the Bureau of what? Land Management. Do they own the property he was on the lawn from? Public land. It's public oh, land. Right. Right. And so they said you didn't secure the proper permit. He said someone at your. I called them a while ago. They told me it was cool, but evidently because it getting so much press it was on the podcast yeah. <laughs> that uh, you know that people were calling the Bureau of Ma- Land Management were like hey you can't let this guy do this <laughs> you can't let him launch a steam power rocket and so uh, he said I'm going to have to go through a repermitting process and now he says he's going to do it next week so but here's a weird you thing you know where they launch stuff from uh, Kennedy Space Center. Yeah, he should you come can, down You here. can rent the launch pads. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and, and, yeah. SpaceX but, but here, 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 yeah. here was yeah. the red flag, oh, yeah. though, because they, he, so I watched this whole video. I'm like, okay, well, that makes sense. He didn't have all the legal. He does. He didn't strike me as a type that that figured out the legal, the legalese of this beforehand. Yeah. His seen, his wife doesn't even really know about this. This yeah. is just him broing <laughs> down outside. So so, <laughs> but then at the end of the video, he's like, well, also like the trailer that was carrying the rocket broke down. Um, so I probably wouldn't even made it. Anyway, and, and, and then I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Here. Wait, 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 wait here, Mad Mike. Okay, so first, you're, you had me sold that the Bureau of Land Management did not want to. That's enough evidence. Yeah. But then it's like, well, I mean, I probably couldn't even made it down because the trailer broke anyway. Right, right. So that was like, okay. This is just like straight Tim Allen. Yeah, he's, like, he, 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 there's always going to be, I'm, I got a feeling there's always going to be something, which for the health of Mad Mike is probably a good thing. But the yeah. other thing, too, uh, because he, he was interviewed uh, this morning by the AP about this. And really? he he went on and said, you know, he he reiterated the story about the trailer problems. And to me, because they have people <laughs> on the, from the Bureau of Land Management that confirmed it. But to me, if you can't get the trailer working, <laughs> like like a trailer right. is a very simple device. Right. Like there, when, when there is a surface, uh, yeah. uh, a little hitch? platform, yeah. a hitch, and two wheels. And two, <laughs> if you can't get this, you expect me to believe that you've yeah. engineered a steam powered rocket that you're going to yeah. parachute off of? Even when, I'm beginning to. Yeah. Yeah. think that this Mad Mike fellow may be <laughs> mad. Yeah, he may actually be. Well, he's running name. for California governor, wasn't he? He, he is, yeah. and I can't oh help but this is going to hurt his election hopes. Well, I mean, know? you got to go, you got to stump, you got to drive around, and the trailer's broken. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. you can't. So I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my my eye on this thing, and I will yeah. let people <laughs> know anything. I'm, I'm watching very. Wait, is that your slice or is that just an no, update? That's just yeah. an update. A pre-slice update. That's, that's a pre-slice a, update. So let me yeah. jump to my other one. This one's kind of an update because we we talked about it last year, but there's been some changes. Uh, the nice site teaser. The the site Wallet Hub um, has released once again their look at the most sinful cities in America. Oh, yeah. yeah, this was in the magazine last year. I yeah. was really proud of this list, it, and it's 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 pretty it's pretty dramatically Didn't different. We, we tried to like. Combine two lists. We tried to combine in the magazine uh, the most sinful cities with the most churched cities. Yeah. 
highest uh, per capita of churches to see if there was some overlap of hypocrisy. Yeah. And we were thought, oh, this is going to be great. Yeah. And there wasn't really much. Of, yeah. Yeah, yeah, was, there was yeah. nothing we could correlate. Though, <laughs> the, this year, this year. So let me read real quick what was at the top of the list uh, last year. And, and, and they had a number of factors to yeah, say most yeah. central. So, so it was like this, the greed and obesity. Greed, and, lust, yeah. uh, anger. Like so, so if you have gone to jail for like assault or something, right. or yeah, they violent, have that so database, Crimes, they have right. like right. how uh, income versus charitable giving that's for like right. greed. They have mm-hmm. excess. They have lust, like mm. money spent on like well, oh, the number of and, uh, strip clubs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that, yeah. So, so they look at this. They look at basically like sort of sort of an amalgamation of the seven deadly sins. And right. based on open databases of spending habits and, and legal and, and tax stuff. So last year, the the most sinful cities were at the top of the list were New Orleans, oh, Atlantic wow. City, Philadelphia, Tampa, Toledo, Louisville, uh, Shreveport, Las Vegas, San Antonio, Columbus. A lot has changed in the last 12 months. Oh, wow. Wait, Tampa, Florida and Columbus, Ohio were on that list? Yeah. And higher than Columbus, Vegas. I don't understand. Tampa, yeah. I get. Yeah. So this year, coming in at number one, it seems it, this is... It's how, seen, how is that higher than Vegas, given the number of like, you know, that's prostitution? Yeah, what's, what's going on over there? Conspicuous and, consumption and uh, maybe that's visitors, not residents. Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. Just on like the strip or whatever. Uh, yeah. 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 I guess in Ohio, yeah. um, it, it looks like vanity, how they like, I guess money spent on a cosmetic type of products are, is very high. Like they're mm. off the charts uh, in Ohio. So, uh, but this year Vegas well, claimed it's, exactly it's sinful though. Well, they get very weathered. And so, you know, the, the, it's the, a cold it's a part cold, of the country. Yeah. <laughs> there's, wind, so they got, there's like wind blowing they across need to the buy a lot of moisturizer and makeup. Yeah. I don't know. T zone getting dry. Right. So, Lots of Botox. So, uh, <laughs> so unsurprisingly, this year, Las Vegas claimed the number one spot. Wow. They're yeah. back. Yeah. Uh-huh. Congratulations, okay. Las Vegas. Keep, That's what guess, you expect. Uh, guess what number two was? Uh, uh, Bible Belt, Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, ooh, close. Close. Let me just say, go a little more Let south. me say this one hits close to home. What? Orlando. Orlando, Orlando came in the second most sinful city in the world. It has and, been a fun year, I'll tell you that. And ironically, <laughs> relevant move from Winter Park to Orlando. That's true. But can I, I say mean, this? It's correlation not, much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's none of the fun sense, though. No, I'm just kidding. It's a right. I mean, like, no, there's no gambling on here. I mean, they, yeah, we don't have any gambling. No, their problem. The problem is greed. Yeah, it was off the charts in Greece, and also laziness was pretty high too. <laughs> yeah, I was so, actually going to guess sloth just as a joke. That was crazy. Really? Yeah, but, why, but, but to be everybody's outside. Everyone's right? hanging sloughing? out. And to be to be to be fair, I don't know. I don't. This is. I was probably going to get me in trouble. But there's a lot of elderly people here, and that, I wouldn't call that laziness. I would just call that old. <laughs> yeah, you're around in third. You don't have to. Actually, I mean, golf actually Orlando's the youngest around. metro in Florida, and the average age is 30. Yeah, um, they, they probably they probably look at golf cart sales. And yeah. like, well, that I, person could definitely walk to where they're going. Actually, can I be honest? Do they include like a broader Central Florida thing? Because if the if the massive retirement community, the villages, which is about an hour and a half away, oh, was included. Lazy. That is a den of iniquity up there. I was doing research for another uh, project here. Do you know that they have the best credit in the country, though? (laughs) Literally, (laughs) the the best best credit credit. in the country is the village. They had enough to retire and move to Florida and get a house. Exactly. Presidential candidates always go through there because they're like, yep. They're bored. They'll vote. (laughs) You get 100,000 votes. Okay, so uh, going down the list, Miami, St. Louis, uh, uh, Henderson, Nevada, 
Detroit, Baton Rouge, Tampa, New Orleans. Tampa again. Tampa. Tampa. Uh, a lot of these. Wait, okay, you're from Tampa. Yeah, it's gross. Oh, and you know what? They're actually Tampa is far more lazy than Orlando, <laughs> which is pretty lazy. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so I mean, they got that. They have good rest. They have a couple of good restaurants, but yeah. no good. <laughs> a couple of good restaurants. That's all the entire city yeah. is going for. <laughs> They're just too lazy to go anywhere. We got a couple of good ones. Why branch out? <laughs> I've got a good one right here. I, you know, the Sizzler has a great special at four. Sizzler. Yeah. Is that, so? So the least sinful, uh, South Burlington, Vermont. Pearl City, Hawaii. There's a bunch of liberals up there in Vermont. I know, oh, they're, they're evidently they're, they're pretty moral, according to this. Uh, <laughs> Those moral uh, pagans. Yeah. Moral pagans. West Valley City, Utah, which that doesn't surprise me. The, the, yeah, the Mormons, Mormons yeah. tend to be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wow. What, okay, what, where's Port St. <laughs> Saint- I'm not familiar with my Florida geography. Where's Port St. Lucie? Uh, south. Southwest. West. Uh, yeah, southwest. So why, so that's actually extremely, that's, that's extremely, extremely saintly. What makes that different than these other Well, because nobody cities? goes there. Nobody is really sure where it is. We don't know what goes on there. So most people are headed that way, get lost, and they're so lazy, they just stop well, in they Tampa. Just they're, like, <laughs> they're so lazy, they just stop in another Florida city and bring down their laziness <laughs> ranking. So... Yeah, it's a it's an interesting list. Number um, two, Orlando. That's so weird. I know. That's, well, that's, that's what kind cities. Of, yeah. You would think family friendly, sunshine. But, but you got to think that the tourists play into it. It's another saying Orlando residents, right? Because but, but the the overall sinfulness of the city. Same thing with Las Vegas. There's a lot of conventions here. I'll tell you. I feel like it's probably culturally telling that the two <laughs> that the two top <laughs> destinations on that list. Las yeah. Vegas and Orlando are probably the two most business uh, convention traveled yeah. destinations. But you know the, the laziness thing here, yeah, uh, youngest city in Florida, ton of college students, biggest university in the country is here. Yes, yeah. a lot of entitled millennials mm-hmm. being lazy with their little part-time jobs and no careers. That's what I, that's what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you just saw thirty percent. You just pull, you just Beth Mord us. Yeah. <laughs> Except she was standing up against she was standing up against you know, but like she was standing up against like abusers and yeah. people who, yeah. who abuse a platform. I'm gonna call you're, you're out, standing I'm gonna call up out the plight of this the generation. Lazy, the lazy, the, the laziest cart, generation. The golf cart using elderly. You have you the, should know better. You have the greatest generation yeah. and the laziest generation. I'm I, just saying. I just opened. Facebook. Facebook and yeah. it, there was an ad asking if I'm looking for other podcast jobs. Because <laughs> <laughs> this thing is done. <laughs> so anyway, so if you're looking to stay pure in your life, don't, don't clear, go to Vegas or Orlando. Yeah, go don't to go on business trips is basically what you're saying. There's a lot of like sinister stuff that accompanies tourism that kind of makes sense. It's yeah. like Kind of gross. gross. Kind of yeah. gross. Yeah, Orlando. That's why locals don't go south of downtown. Oh, no, no. It's just Sodom and Gomorrah. Well, this is that, as far that, as we get. I would say that, and they're pretty lazy. So they're not going to adventure. That's a whole like 40 uh, minute like, drive. That's, no, that's like a thing. Oh, that's like a thing. Uh, can I golf cart that? Um, <laughs> All right, what do you have, Andre? I have um, Facebook. We'll show you what Russian propaganda you've liked and followed. Uh, you might remember that it's pretty much been established that Facebook was used by Russian operatives to influence the 2016 election by buying all these divisive ads. Well, now Facebook misrepresenting like that, the, their source. So they were misleading ads because they were ads, clearly an ad, but it looked like they were coming from legitimate American sources or companies 
and they were actually yeah foreign. It yeah. was scary effective because they even organized protests that real voters went to, like in Texas. It was crazy. Wow. Yeah. yeah, like that was something that I didn't Clever. know until I was looking at the story. I didn't realize that like people were like leaving I need to their hire homes. more Russians for our social media marketing. <laughs> I know. I know. That's good. They're, they're very, very good. I can, they're very yeah, good. like people went good. out to protest thinking that like some American organization had put together this protest and it was totally like some, you know, Russian. You know, you know yeah. it's good too if you get a Igor. Russian uh, social media person. You're like, man, I noticed all the trolls are gone. Hey, hey, <laughs> what, what happened? Hey, uh, what happened to all the trolls? Don't worry about it. The trolls have been taken care of. What is that German or Russian? What an accent that <laughs> was. It was Bond villain. It was Bond villain. <laughs> They've been disappeared. So, yeah. so you're saying that if I'm I saying they'll take Russian care of it. Me- <laughs> I'm saying. <laughs> They'll be taken care of. <laughs> so that's all you need to know. So the, tro- the trolls won't be bothering us uh, anymore. anymore. Yeah. yeah. So Facebook is releasing a tool by the end of the year so that people can see what uh, propaganda they have liked or followed. Wow. Propaganda. Wow. So I mean, so now they're determining what's propaganda or not. Well, or, I, th- I think it's the stuff they've identified that was intentionally misrepresentative. Okay. Uh, like, oh, so uh, you can so, go back and look and see the stuff that you were exposed to. It's right, not yeah. like a thing that moving forward, you'll know, uh, like there's some tag on it or it something. It seems it's as though the they're trying like, to, from the article I read, it's like they're trying to undo the wrong yeah, of the election, right. but it seems like they're setting a precedence now that if something does come up that is not truthful advertising, they're going to let you know. Yeah. I think we're but, fine. But how, how, how will they moving forward? Because... The you can anybody, which is how they did this. Anybody can buy and upload an ad, and it immediately starts getting yeah. shown. Well, well, I think there's what what they're, they're saying that if if it comes out like it did, that it was like if they determine something retroactively was misrepresentative, they will expose it to the user, the users. They will let the users know who are exposed to it. So I don't think they're like taking additional measures to like block this stuff more than they already are. But if they de- you determine that their platform was used for this. They'll t- let the users know who were exposed to it. By the way, that ad you clicked on or that thing you liked, it ended up being this or that. Wow. There you go. Good for Facebook. Yeah. Finally, you know, finally trying to do the right thing when yeah. it's too late. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> say, this would have been very helpful a few months You're ago, right. Facebook. But, yeah. but honestly, like a lot... Probably again. Just a lot it. of the people. Hey, the 30% already walked out. Hey, so. the, the, a lot of the people that like that stuff and followed yeah. it and read it and believed it, you can go to them and tell them that was written by a Russian who wanted to sway the election and was not true. They'd be like, I don't know. I kind of think it was yeah. true. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's not, not going to yeah. make a difference. Right. People who want to believe yeah. something absurd are going to believe something. They're already predisposed to believe whatever they read. Right. And if you tell them it's propaganda yeah. at a later point, it doesn't matter because it's not going to sh- change their mind. Yeah, they already went out to like an actual protest so you say that to them right. they were like oh yeah then where did i get this yeah. shirt yeah, yeah exactly. and also you know. what did hillary do with the emails so <laughs> right. answer me that question hey, I, got, I got Facebook. one word that fi- that uh, they will shut this down it's called benghazi <laughs> maybe you heard of it so maybe see you later facebook lock her up what do you have eddie well it is of course the christmas season and we i'm going to just kind of bring us home here because this christmas we're really focused christmas on time. Eddie, we're trying to focus in on what's on, Im- on what's important. <laughs> <laughs> For those listening, oh, man. Jesse is so, you know what I'm saying? And that Charlie Brown, yeah, yeah, yeah. little. Well, let's keep Jesse doing it. Jesse and the angel of the Lord shone upon them, and they were so afraid. 
<laughs> I just don't feel like Christmas this year. Why is it? Why you is he block so de- You blockhead. No. <laughs> Why is it always so depressing? Like, people love Charlie Brown, and it's like, every time I watch it, I just get bummed out. Oh, man. <laughs> like, every time, I'm like, this isn't fun. This isn't, like... We showed it to Eve last year, and she's like, this is really mean. Yeah, They're really hey, mean to each other, and it's really sad. Don't yeah. watch the movie. Just put on the album. It's good. Oh, we do the album yeah, all the time. Yeah, come on, I decorate the tree. Do, I put do, on do, the do, album do, on repeat. Do, 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 oh, just listening yeah, to do, Vince Garaldi. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. Well, who doesn't know his name? Well, I mean, you were like I, impressed that he knew the name of the, the iconic album. I, I thought it was Linus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see the Linus up here. Yeah. Uh, yeah I gotta tell you, this is very confusing. Yeah, Jesse thought it was the stinky kid. The 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 yeah. Specifically, there's three of them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The trio. There are a trio of all these. I always think it's limiting to call yourself a trio because it's like, what if one day you want to bring in just a harp player for a song? Right. You've wrecked your name. No, someone has to leave then at that point. Yeah, it's always to a leave. Trio. They should at least chair. be like trio and, it's and not, more. And it's not going to be Vince. So no. it's two It's two of the people yeah. are out of there. Vince yeah. and his two favorites. Yeah, and you got to feel like it's the guy that just plays the, the block. Survival of the fittest. <laughs> like, ah, that guy's out of here. Well, this slice is not that great, so I'm stalling. I thought it was hilarious. Okay, I thought it was funny. Right. I thought right, it was right, right. A new study reveals the uh, the top 50 worst Christmas presents that people hate receiving. Oh. <laughs> I think this is and great. It, and it talks about who they hate receiving Wait, them from. So Top 50? Top 50. So That's we will, a lot. That's a long list. Yeah, we'll I just never go in Family Feud style. Top no, no. 10. I'm not going to go through you, all you 50. Can, you can go through at least the top well, 10 because they're you know, really crappy. Yeah, let's let's Family slice. Feud this thing. I wasn't worried that you were going to go through all 50. I just feel like that is a long list. Of yeah, top yeah. anything. Let, yeah. Let's do Andre versus Cameron Family Feud because you and I already read it. Yes, yeah, so oh, I have it. Oh, so we're going to. Let's pick the top 10. Chandler, will you keep score? Sure. He's right. not going to keep uh, score. Uh, most hated gifts. Now, as you get a moment uh, to take a moment, go, take a moment to think. Okay, I, I got one. You ready? Yeah. Go for it. Fruitcake. Socks. Bing, bing, bing. Socks are on there. Wait, fruitcake's not on there? I, you know why? Here's why. I don't think people really give and get fruitcake. I think it's yeah. like a Christmas joke, but like we're talking about. Have you ever got a fruitcake? Well, yeah, actually, and they sell them at Costco. Costco's algorithm would not have them on the <laughs> shelves. True, they were true. Selling. I was saying, Listen, Costco's is, not trying to give floor space to Sox a joke. Is number four. Can, I, is number can four? I say something? Wow. Everybody, has anybody actually had fruitcake? No. Yes. It's like Brussels sprouts. It gets a bad rap. It's a decent, it's delightful. Food. Yes, it looks like Jello. Is it it's Jello? Fine. I had Brussels yeah. sprouts last night. A nice, a nice cup of decaf well, after sauce. dinner. Hey, hey, sriracha. Hey, sriracha hey let me ask sauce. you something. Brussels sprouts is oh the best. W- did the container of Brussels sprouts you got from Uber Eats look a little light? <laughs> <laughs> I know an Uber Eats driver that he tries to eat pretty healthy, and that sounds like he might skim a couple off the top. It's a container. Who knows how many were in there? Cameron, you got another guess? Uh, a tie. A tie, okay. Uh, what do you think? for two. What, did you? Are we a tie? Hold on, I'm looking up. I, I mean, you know what? Let's go. No, that's number twenty-two. Uh, oh, tie is number twenty-two. I mean, uh, you said yeah, socks. Uh, number twenty-two. Underwear. 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 There, that was going to be one of my guesses. That's. Too. Uh, you know what? Sexy lingerie is number, number 12. twelve. We'll give you that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we're in Orlando, so. so uh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty sinful. Basically, that's the only kind of underwear they sell here. All okay? right, everybody gets one more round, and then I'll burn through the top like ten or fifteen. Oh man, number ten sweater. You, I mean, I said sweater. you're not playing. You did. I, I didn't. I say sweater. I said tie. You know, I, I thought sweater though. You don't but, speak though, until the end, though, Chandler. <laughs> We've if you, you know what, Chandler? If you would have How said about, sweater, you would have gotten number one because that's ugly clothes. Yes, ugly clothes. What, that's, that's a tie. Chandler that's wins. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Chandler wins. Ugly clothes. Number two, toiletry kits. 
Oh, right. right. Like they sell the, at CVS because yeah, you forgot. Exactly. That's it. You're on the way to the family yeah. get together. You're like, oh, give me a car. I got to get a card. And oh, man. it's either that thing, a cologne. Yeah, of I'll like, be, hey, I'll be honest. That is a going over to family events. I'm not entirely sure who all is there. I'm going to throw a couple little gift baskets in the trunk just in case. You never know. If, you know, and worst Ethel case scenario, you got some pretty nice toiletries back yeah. in the crib. No, I've actually had, you know, those coffee assortment ones or whatever. Yes. It's like, well, I didn't have everybody to give that to. So I just had some Starbucks yeah. gift yeah. packs. So what are we going to do with this trunk? I got a trunk full of toilet. Toiletries and sexy lingerie. <laughs> now what am I gonna do? And Ethel didn't show that up this so year. Sounds so suspicious when you say it like that. <laughs> you get pulled over. You get pulled over. The officer's like, like uh, "Where are you headed, sir? Yeah. You know we're in Orlando, right? I gotta bring you in for this. Yeah, definitely go to jail. Yeah. yeah. So you know, uh, stock slogan T-shirts, movies you've already seen. Slogan T-shirts, movies, candles, candles. Don't like them. Hankies, really? a scarf. Hankies. Who's giving hankies? Who buys handkerchiefs for people for Christmas? It's, a, it's kind of a weird gift, right? Not not like tissues, but it'd be the handkerchiefs you put in your lapel for a suit, right? Yeah, which I think would not be bad. It's a little boring, but you know, it's yeah, not it's a, boring. It's no different than a tie. Do a little tie yeah. and hanky. Yeah, combo. you buy me a hanky. Yeah, dead to me. A mug <laughs> set. A mug set is on there. That oh, was another one I really liked. I've, I've Jesse, that. were there any others you liked? Bad romance novels. How many people are getting bad romance novels? <laughs> the, the same ones who are given sexy lingerie. Well, because books is a whole other category. Like yeah. some people just hate books. Some people are fine with books. They just don't want bad romance novels. <laughs> right. A diet oh. a diet plan. Oh, oh, that's, that's the most passive aggressive. That is so foul. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's, that like that's like getting a, to a spouse. That's like getting a gym membership. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, oh, that's a new Uber Eats gift card for Brussels sprouts. You know the driver eats half of them. <laughs> you know what's you know what's not on the list? What? A lovely magazine subscription. Oh, nice. Yeah. No Good. Everybody this year relevant on sale. I was, I was a little now. worried this was gonna uh, like gonna shoot us in the foot either with a sponsor or with us, but it turns out it's all wonderful. of the gifts we've recommended yeah. are, are uh, great. Hey, movie gift card. Cards, you can go see Ladybird. Yeah. You can give yeah. a nice subscription to Relevant as well. That, that, yeah, the, that bag sounds really cool. Yeah, nobody said oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You don't see number 39 set of jams uh, <laughs> uh, sponsoring this podcast. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> this week's show brought to you by a set of jams. <laughs> we, got, <laughs> we got cherry. I just we got it great. We got... <laughs> It's, it's a lot of grapes. I'm going to be honest. It's like a lot of grapes. eight of the 10 of these are grape jams. And it's apricot, yeah. which I don't think anyone likes. And number jams. nine is apricot, which is terrible. And it's nice. a totally terrible thing. All right. Well, that'll do it for slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Beth Moore joins us. Listening to Run DMC. Song is Christmas in Hollis. Uh, Hollis is in Queens. See, it's a it's a reference to the neighborhood they grew up in. It's autobiographical, educational. There you go. This week's feature interview is brought to you by Casper. Casper is a sleep brand that continues to revolutionize its line of products to create an exceptionally comfortable sleep experience, one night at a time. You spend one third of your life sleeping, so you should be comfortable. And Casper mattresses provide all the support the human body needs in all the right places. Casper brand mattresses combine multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with just the right amount of sink and bounce. 
I'm telling you, actually, we have a Casper. It's fantastic. Uh, and that's Casper, all you want is Casper right is, sink and bounce. That's right. <laughs> it's designed, developed, and assembled in the U.S. Uh, also, Casper is not just a mattress company. They offer a wide array of products to ensure an overall better sleep experience. I'll tell you, my fa- the favorite pillow in the house is the Casper I've pillow. Heard, I've heard they're magical. And their, their sheets are phenomenal. Hmm. Yeah, that's, yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, really good. Casper offers affordable prices because they cut out the middleman and sell directly to the consumer. They also have no hassle returns if you're not completely satisfied. And everything is delivered right to your door in a small, how do they do that size box? I mean, when you get your mattress and it shows up looking like one of those little door mini fridges, you just wonder how... No, it's in a jewel box. (laughs) (laughs) You got to open it up and run away. Yeah. You can be sure of your purchase with what with Casper's 100 night risk free sleep on it trial, which Jesse uh, does. He he definitely Cas- puts it through its paces. Right now, Casper is offering relevant podcast listeners a special deal. You can start sleeping ahead of the curve with Casper. Get fifty dollars toward any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash rm and use promo code rm at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, remember, that's Casper.com slash RM. What does that stand for, Eddie? Real men. Relevant <laughs> magazine <laughs> using promo code RM at checkout. <laughs> Beth Moore is a best-selling author, an influential Bible teacher, speaker, and the founder of Living Proof Ministries. She's also a survivor of sexual abuse and a vocal advocate for victims. In the last year and a half, Moore has spoken out against Christians who ignore allegations against powerful people, warned about the embrace of a toxic political environment, and explained why morals shouldn't be compromised for power. We recently talked with her about why she feels called to speak out, despite a huge backlash from some of her followers. Here is part of our conversation with Beth Moore. I've seen some some people say, and I think I've observed this myself, you being a little more outspoken about cultural political issues in recent months. I'm wondering if that's something that you've perceived to be true too, or if you think people are just paying attention more to some of your cultural political thoughts than usual. Well, to some extent, Tyler, I, I'd have to own up to that. I've been pretty outspoken in all the books and Bible studies along the way about cultural issues, like, for instance, women's issues that's been throughout, and concerns about the oppressed that's virtually all along in the in the writings, and I've been outspoken about racism for, I, I was trying to think of the marker when it really began that I uh, started speaking very clearly to it, and I, I was, I landed on about 20 years ago when I first film the series Breaking Free because I did it very intentionally in a black church and took on that, the topic of prejudice and racism. So uh, the big difference, of course, now is that social media is just a far more public platform. It it just, everything about the way we communicate and not only the way we communicate, but, but really, Tyler, with whom we're communicating. Because think think back in in the day of of just writing books and curriculum, uh, the person who wants to hear it or wants to read it is the one reading it. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Mm-hmm. It's no sure. longer in, on social media. It's no longer just the people who like us or are open to what we have to say that are reading. It's it's anybody, and I mean that's fair game. But that that really changed a lot of the. 
the rules of play is that we've just gone so much more public in our platform where there used to be this was the spiritual realm and then where we yeah. talked about things of the church and then this was this was the uh, political realm or the uh, the you know financial realm of business whatever it might be all those things used to be a lot more distinct from one another and now it's just this big pool uh, in social media, and that's just the way it is. But I do want to say this regarding politics, because I have been asked you know, numerous times why I, a person who's only spoken publicly to matters in the spiritual arena, would spill over into the political, uh, the mm-hmm. political arena. And I, I want to answer that. I, and I put it as succinctly as I know how, because the political arena spill like a tidal wave into the spiritual arena Mm. in the last uh, year and a half with what I felt at least were really toxic waters. I mean, dangerous waters. So, uh, you know, my concerns are the church. That's, it's not that I don't have um, a political opinions. Of course I do. And, and the stands that I would take in my personal life and in my, you know, vocally in my family and in my among my peers and, and people in my personal life. But the reason I got more vocal was because of the overlap with the witness of the church and the witness of Christianity and our, just our care with the name of Christ and that the, the message being preached loudly to the world about our values and what we were willing to compromise to get what we wanted and I just I was I just found it deeply disturbing that our tolerance for wrong to get what we think is right and you have to understand Tyler that this that what I spoke out about was what I found so disturbing coming from my own world you know when I felt personally about it because this is the evangelical world that I've been part of all of my life and served for 40 out of 60 of my years. So I, and I've never thought that world was perfect, um, no more perfect than than I was or any other individual within it. We're, we're what make it up. But I would have believed in, that generally speaking, it was true. And I, I want to see if I can explain sure. that, that. That we're that what we what we appeared to be was what we to a large extent were, and I think that what hit me with such uh, concern over these last eighteen months is that I I felt that its most public witness in politics I'm talking about. Not all, but just in some very, very influential areas of evangelical leadership that I felt like the public witness of it seemed to be, uh, it felt to me dishonest. Mm -hmm. And I I know that's saying a lot, and I've thought carefully about the word I want to use, but it seemed to me that the candidacy was not represented as a quandary. It was instead represented as this long-awaited victory. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, yes. And that instead of being treated as the messi- the messiness that it really really was, because it just really was, and it really was a quandary, 
but instead of being treated as the messiness it was, it, it bordered on the near messianic mm-hmm. to me. Oh yeah. For I mean, just me, yeah. I, I, I just was like, it was like this is all our hopes and dreams come true, and and people were buying it. And I'm just going to tell you something. If you're going to sell me something, sell me what it really is. And I, I feel this way in every meaningful sphere of, of life, Tyler, whether it's in a church context, a political context, news, media, it, a social context, relational context. I don't care what it is. But don't put a bike in front of me and try to tell it to sell it to me as a truck. Mm-hmm. No, I, I'm just mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not going to buy that. I, you know, I don't care how enthusiastic the sales pitch is or how long it goes on or how winsome and loyal the salesman is or how much I even like him or her. I just, if, if, it's, if it's a bike, I want to call it a bike. I don't want to call it a truck. You know, I'm, I'm willing to rub my eyes and put on a pair of glasses <laughs> and do my best to make sure I'm not having vision problems. But if I keep seeing two slender wheels and a set of handlebars, I'm probably going to say, that is not a truck. That is a bike. And, you know, I, I, I know that I'm just having to somehow uh, appeal to a metaphor here. But here's, here's the thing. If I don't mind talking about the bike. Mm-hmm. I, I might not have mm-hmm. wanted to be on the back of it, but I could I could take an honest approach to what we're dealing with. Uh, there there were people that thought this is this is our only way forward. This is the only way we can go where we need to go. Okay, I I can I can understand that. I might not want to get on that vehicle, mm-hmm. but I can I can understand that. I can have that conversation. Sure. Just don't keep selling me on a truck. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if I've made my point at, with any clarity at all or if that makes the least bit of sense. But that's how I felt. That I felt like, and I didn't feel like it was just me. I had concerns for the people of God that we were being sold, that we kept being sold something that wasn't so. It mm-hmm. was not what it was painted to us and Mm -hmm. I found it deeply disturbing you uh, over Twitter recently talked about how in the past you've been cautioned against speaking up about sexual harassment and sexual abuse in the church and, um, yeah. and I think that's a, something that a lot of people, certainly a lot of women, uh, especially women in leadership and evangelical circles can relate to. Um, at, from your experience and just what you've observed, especially over the past few years, and especially now with the, with the recent explosion of women talking about this with the Me Too campaign, um, how do you feel like the church needs to improve the way that it talks to and about victims of abuse? And, uh, and what are some ways that the church can move forward and we as Christians can move forward in terms of helping our culture with this dialogue that has been silenced so many times in the past? I'd love to speak to that. I want to say to the church's credit in uh, this particular current climate that I am so thankful that we talk about it much more freely than we did when I was a young woman and when it was said to me early on and let me tell you something the person that said to me uh, it, uh, that it would be 
death to my ministry to talk about it publicly. She said it in love because she was for me. She did not want me to harm the ministry by causing it to have that kind of discoloration on it. She didn't mean that it was right or wrong that it was so, but that it just was so. People cannot tolerate that subject. It They won't be able to bear it. Don't touch it. And um, so, you know, I found it, the reason why I found it, I found it impossible to do because it was so much of what shaped a lot of my defeat. And Tyler, in my own teaching, it's, it is so imp- important to me to bring my authentic story because I want I want so desperately for people to make it. I, I want them to be able to live victoriously. And, and I know the kinds of things that can get in our way and can cause us to make all sorts of of poor decisions and and walk in poor judgment. And so I couldn't tell my story and I couldn't tell why I had lived such a portion of my life in the pit and never make any reference. It was huge. I mean, how do you how do you maneuver around that? So I, I couldn't be true. And I didn't I thought, how in the world am I gonna explain to somebody that this this is this is my story. This is where how do you say to somebody, he he became, I'm talking about he, Jesus, became life to me because I, I literally, I survived on him. I mean, I, I just, I did. How, how do you tell, how can I be myself and not say this was a part of my childhood and that this was very impactful? And so I had to find a way to do it. And let me tell you, I did it to the extreme displeasure of some of my family and this is without ever telling who it was without ever making any identification but it just still was so painful to deal with within the family and and I understand it but it still it it just was necessary it was a necessary part of uh, serving God in the time that he had given me so it, it has gotten so much better than that. But I think what I want to say, I think what helps a lot is for communicators. And I'm going to speak specifically to pastors, certainly uh, women uh, that, that serve within their churches, teachers and, uh, and women communicators, and it's certainly them, but not only them. I'm also speaking toward uh, pastors and preachers in churches. See how prevalent it really is. Listen to how often this is happening. And as surely as you would mention other issues in your sermons, begin to to implement this same this same exact issue into what you preach. To make it a part of it where it's it's talked about on a frequent enough basis that this is open here. This is dialogue here. We address this here just as surely as they would any other topic of pornography, for example. You will often hear pastors bring up something about pornography. Then, then, all, then let it also lead to how many women have been through uh, sexual, every, anything from sexual misuse to abuse 
to all sorts of exploitation and harassment and to serve through it, to, to make it where it's not something so rarely said that people feel like they have nowhere to go to talk about it. It's, it's incredibly common. And if you figure how many women have been through it and have somehow in one way or another, anything from harassment uh, to assault or to rape, uh, how very often we have been in situations where someone in a it, that, ha, that held power, that held sway over us, that we were that we became we fell victim to them to to hear these things and and then to realize how many among your congregation are women. This is happening so frequently. I just would, I would plead with people, make it a common part of a sermon, something that gets addressed frequently and normally and naturally. That this this is something we talk about, where it is a safe place. And I, I would ask, and I, and I believe this is starting to happen. Listen, listen, listen to what. They're saying, hear them out. Give people the respect of being heard when they say these things have happened. And, um, oh, it will, it will help so much. It will help so much. Create a safe environment to talk about it, a safe environment for people to come forward. And I would say this strongly, Tyler that it needs to be dealt with when it happens in the church. It needs to be dealt with in such a way that that were it to come out, I, I, that it would have, that people would know it was addressed, it was wisely dealt with, <laughs> that this this is the way uh, we responded, that we took it seriously. And then if it's a bigger matter than that, where it needs to come out before the whole church, then that's what needs to happen. But it needs to be dealt with, not hidden. And it needs to be uh, addressed as something of great importance inside the church. That was Beth Moore. Go Beth Moore. I like her. <laughs> Stay tuned. Up next, Beautiful Eulogy joins us. Listening to Phaser Days, the song is Lucky Girl. That's my high school nickname. <laughs> Beautiful Eulogy is a Portland, Oregon based trio, like the Vince Guaraldi. Yeah, you group. can never have one more. They can't no. ever have a guest. No, they're just a trio. Never. Well, they don't call them, the name of the group is in the Beautiful the Eulogy, Eulogy trio. trio. Yeah. No. They it's, know they need to keep flexibility no, in they, their future. Uh, there was a fourth <laughs> person in the band. Lesson. There was and, a fourth. And one time he read the bio and said, 
trio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, like, like, hey, Rick, do you mind uh, updating the bio on the side? Who's Just, the, uh, who's give the it fourth? a good, give it a good long proofread if you don't mind. I thought you guys really needed me. <laughs> in the uh, the trio is made up of artists uh, Braille, Odd Thomas, and Cortland Urbano. Uh, they are the. Uh, the Humble Beast Record guys. Yeah. On their new album, Worthy, the group presents a distinct sound that combines worship, hip hop, and even traces of folk. We recently sat down with Braille to hear the songs that changed his life and influenced him as an artist. Here is Braille from Beautiful Eulogy. song I have is from a tribe called Quest and the song is called Steve Biko Stir It Up so I was born in 1981 and went through the various eras of just kind of whatever was popular you know New Kids on the Block kind of that 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 earlier era but then kind of was first some of my early introductions was would have been more like pop rap stuff MC Hammer things like that and I started getting more into like the Seattle grunge music and uh, garage bands, you know, leading up to like the Nirvana era. And around then, since I was raised in Portland, Oregon, uh, a lot of the hip hop that started becoming popular would have been like gangster rap, which I liked some of it, but I, it was never something I saw myself doing because that didn't reflect my life or, or anything. Um, and so, my dad had one of those things where you would uh, you get these tapes in the mail. Uh, it was like a, a, a subscription service, like Columbia Music or whatever. They just send you CDs. And so we got the Tribe Called Quest Midnight Marauders album. And listening to it, I was like, okay, this is different than the, a lot of the kind of hip hop I've been exposed to. I just fell in love with the album. And it made me want to start rapping, taking rap more serious because I felt like, oh, so I can actually just rap about myself. I can have fun with it and just talk about like my normal life. I don't have to try and be something that I'm not in order to be a rapper. Because I was always one of those kids that if I liked something, I wanted to do it myself. So if I liked basketball, I wanted to play it. And when I got into like the, you know, the garage bands, I tried to play the guitar, but I was no good. I tried to sing. I was no good. And then I tried rapping. I probably was no good at that as well. well. I know I was no good at it, but there was enough there to make me feel like I'll stick with this. But also why that was so influential. So one, it was like it told me, okay, I can just be myself. I can rap. Um, but also on that cover, they had all these pictures of different artists. And then inside the credits, they listed it. And that was kind of my introduction to a lot of what's now considered golden era East Coast hip hop, whether it was De La Soul, Jungle Brothers, KRS-One, Gangstar, Eric B and Rakim. And that became kind of super influential. So I was this like East Coast hip hop head living in Portland, Oregon. Um, and that album was the catalyst both for wanting to be an artist, but starting just from being a being a huge hip hop fan. When we come through, get tickets to see me. We work for the paper, so there'll never be a premium. Lyrics are abundant, cause we got it by the mass. Mass egos are our idol, cause the music is the jazz. Venezuela on the pitch, curveball, catch it. I think I got it locked. Just move while I latch 
it right. right Now I must move with the quickness Here comes Shahid, so we must bear the witness So song number two, my aunt and uncle knew I was collecting records and uh, was looking for interesting stuff. And for Christmas, they bought me this album by an artist, Andreas Vollenweeder. And the song was Caverna Magica. And anyway, there was a song on there called Lunar Pond. So the next song is Andreas Vollenweeder, Lunar Pond. So Andreas Vollenweeder, he plays the harp. And... Uh, I started, I knew a lot of hip hop music was sample based. And so I was trying to figure out like what kind of flavor, you know, what's my, what kind of flavor am I going to bring? A lot of the artists that I listened to obviously sampled from a lot of jazz and funk music, but a lot of that had been just riddled through, you know, average white band, James Brown, that stuff. It just been sampled so much. And so I, I was trying to find other types of genres of music and different types of sounds that, uh, I could incorporate into my music. And so my aunt and uncle, I think they were really into like new age music and world music. So they ended up picking up this record for me. And right when I put it on, it's like folly noises and somebody walking in a cave and, you know, using raindrops and then pitching them and stuff. And I just found it really, really interesting. But he started riffing on this Lunar Pond song, you know, um, on his harp and it just sounded so dope to me. And so it also became like this gateway where I started listening to, to Kataro and Tamita and a lot of these other, um, composers, you know, that made that kind of music. But what really got me interested in Andreas Vollenweeder is that he would take his harp and he would play it, but he would mesh with other genres. So he had this other album and he'd, he'd go to Ireland and he would work with, Irish musician, but he would just add his harp and he would go to China and he would work with Chinese musicians, but he would just add his harp. And that always influenced how I thought about wanting to approach music. I didn't want to be kind of locked into just, you know, one kind of meshing of genres, but wanted to always be able to explore new sounds and try different things. But I think also it's just that there was an emotion in the, in the new age sounding music that I was like, okay, yeah, that's what I want to find in terms of the what things I want to rap about. I want it to be emotional. And, I, and so I, it helped me to start exploring that. number three would be David Crowder, Beautiful Collision. So I wasn't raised in the church and um, so I, n I never really listened to a lot of um, CCM or like praise and worship. I just, I wasn't raised on any of that DC talk, anything like that. Um, so even when it came to Christian music, the first Christian music I was ever exposed to was Christian hip hop because I was, I was a hip hop head before I was converted. And then uh, once I was converted, I didn't even necessarily become like a Christian hip hop head. I just kept still listening to hip hop. But every now and then I started hearing of Christians that made it, which was weird to me because I thought at the time, maybe I'm the only Christian who raps, you know, um, and, uh, you know, as a 14 year old or 15 year old. So what was 
as I was touring, I remember I was touring a lot around that time. 2004, I released Shades of Grey, 2006, Box of Rhymes. And I would just be on the road and usually all by myself. And uh, I don't know how I came across the album, uh, the Collision album from David Crowder. But as I did, uh, I, I listened to it and it was like, oh, these are like praise songs and worship songs and songs that talk about God, but I can actually relate to them. Um, and so it just became my like soundtrack for touring. So again, I'm kind of picking one song to represent a whole thing, but it was like my gateway into worship music. And really, I never had like a lot of discipleship and stuff and didn't really at the time know how to read my Bible very well. And so the main way I would connect with God would be turning on music and, and, and listening to it and singing and uh, singing along with the songs and beginning to pray, things like that. And so really, I would say the, the beautiful collision. Also, just the fact that it was so a lot of worship music that I'd heard was very corporate in the way it was written. And David Crowder had these songs that were more written in the first person or were more personal. Um, so I think that was a, a lot of what helped me relate with it as well. It was like him talking about wrestling with his doubt, you know, things like that. I hadn't heard that in worship music before. Like I'm wrestling with my doubts, but I'm like colliding with you and, and you're bigger than I am. And, you know, those type of ideas, um, I hadn't heard that communicated in music. And so, yeah, it just really, I think, uh, in my in my walk with the Lord during that time and a lot of times traveling alone, it just became an intricate part of how I connected with God and kind of began growing in my relationship with Him. Song number four is from JT, and I don't mean Timberlake. It's the OG JT, James Taylor. And the song is you, <laughs> Your Smiling Face. My dad passed away 2007, and um, he was renting in a home and didn't own it, and we had to clear out all of his stuff because we didn't want to have to keep paying the rent where he was at. But he had a CD collection, and so I was like, man, I don't want to get rid of this stuff. And uh, so I kept a lot. Of, I kept a lot of the music. But around 2010, uh, I was in a nostalgic season, and uh, I was a single father, and I had my uh, three-year-old daughter. And so I kind of made like this CD of a bunch of songs that I pulled from some of my dad's music collection. And me and me and my daughter, we would drive around, and I'd always put on "Your Smiling Face," and I'd be driving, and I'd see her in the rearview mirror, and she'd be singing along with me it would just make me so happy every time. And so I just like, she'd just be grooving in her car seat. And I was like, I want to put it on again. So I was just always um, rocking your smiling face. He also has another song, How Sweet It Is. And she would do this like hand motion to stop and thank you, baby. She would do it with her hand. And oh man, I just loved it so much. So even when I'd perform live, I would, I put your smiling face in my set and I would sing along with it and dance to it. But yeah, that song just brought me a lot of happiness. I was in love a couple of times before with the girl next door But that was long before I met you Now I'm sure that I won't forget you And I thank my lucky stars That you are who you are And I 
just another lovely lady sent down to break my heart. Isn't it amazing a man like me can feel this way? Tell me how much longer it can go stronger every day. Number five is Al Green, God Blessed Our Love. So this song in particular is the song that my wife walked down the aisle to, which I remember just watching her walk and the song's playing and I'm thinking, this is so cool. <laughs> you know, um, I became an Al Green fan while I was touring in, in Germany. I was at this guy's house and he played this, I think it was like a documentary called The Gospel According to Al Green. And it was at least at the time, I haven't went back and watched it again, but I loved the documentary. And um, Al Green just seemed like such a happy dude. And he was telling like some pretty brutal stories of like some, some pretty hard situations he went through and, uh, and, and talking about the kind of when his life turned around. And so he just had like so much joy in this documentary. And I just like started loving his music. So I, I was you know, playing Let's Stay Together and Love and Happiness and all these other jams. And as I started getting deeper into his catalog, found God Blessed Our Love and uh, was playing some of those songs for my wife. And when we were talking about our wedding and what songs we were going to use and stuff, she's like, what if I walk to that song? I think it was her idea. And I was like, are you kidding me? You want to walk down the aisle to an Al Green song? And obviously it was just a, a, a super significant. I was a, I was a single father you know, chilling by myself with my daughter, listening to James Taylor, listening to Al Green and stuff. And all of a sudden now it's like I'm getting married and, you know, my wife's walking down the aisle to an Al Green song. So that song just was was a, a part of a huge moment. That was Beautiful Eulogy. Stay tuned. Up next, your feedback. Center of a great research university, Duke Divinity School attracts students from across the nation and around the world. You'll find a vibrant community of students and faculty engaged in rigorous scholarship and deep formation for the good of the church, academy, and the world. The application for fall 2018 acceptance is live now at divinity.duke.edu. Use discount code Duke Relevant, one word, Duke Relevant, and apply today. Community, scholarship, church. Duke Divinity School. King Henry and Ryax. The song is Destiny. Okay, it's time for your feedback. 
So uh, before that, corrections and apologies. Uh, I don't know uh, how this show will be edited, but we said a lot of salacious things. So in case Chandler got a little lazy, uh, sorry about some of the stuff that slipped through. I apologize for nothing except for besmirching apricot jam. I, you have all my apologies. <laughs> so it's time for your feedback. Uh, last week, the question of the week, we asked you, uh, well, it was a hard-hitting question. You know, uh, Jesse brought us, the breaking news about Mad Mike wanting to solve the, once Big and for crisis. all the uh, the question of the flat Earth theory. He wanted to prove it uh, once and for all uh, by shooting himself up into the air five thousand feet in a steam powered rocket <laughs> to confirm that the Earth is indeed flat. Um, so we asked you, what other mysteries should Mad Mike tackle next? You guys hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast, and you posted on the episode page at RelevantMagazine.com. Here are a few of our favorites. I mean, Matt, I think, actually brings up a decent point. Yeah. Matt says, all right, the whole flat earth thing is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to NASA trying to control our perception of reality. Mad Mike needs to take a look at the conspiracy of stars. <laughs> we have all asked ourselves at one point why stars aren't <laughs> visible in cities. I have not asked myself that. <laughs> We're told that it's noise pollution. I don't know that we are. Uh, light, light, light pollution, pollution is, I think, what he's going enough. for there. Close oh, enough. I see. Yeah, I just read it. I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> well, by my calculations, <laughs> stars should be way brighter than city lights. So this exp- this explanation is clearly a farce. Mm. NASA might must be projecting the stars into a sheet covering the night sky mm. to comfort and subdue those in rural communities. Those Iowans and, are weathered. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, if you were that weathered, you would want comfort too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Matt continues, and it gets pretty pretty deep into the wormhole, but I'm just saying, I'm a believer. <laughs> hey, what, can, can I, uh, this is for real. You know, your Facebook feed is going to be really weird now. Yeah. No, you yeah. said that. Hey, this is for real. A lot so, of flat earths. so when I was doing some Mad Mike research, waiting about his rocket launch, yeah. uh, I kind of got into, I was like Googling like flat earth, because I figured Mad Mike would be the first coming up. And there's like more people that are like converting to the flat earth Oh yeah, you know movement, and they have like a there's like a flat Earth podcast that where these guys it's a weekly what? thing where they talk to scientists and stuff about flat Earth theories, and just out of curiosity, I'm like, dude, I got it because to me it's a joke. It's right? impossible it, to actually. There are people that actually believe, and, and when I say actually, believe, these aren't insane people. These are people yeah. who have uh, are susceptible to self delusion. Obviously, I have a question: Do yeah. they believe that every it's a global conspiracy? I listen to like four hours of their podcast. I, I don't know the specifics. <laughs> of, I, did. Oh, I, did. I did. Oh my god! I don't know the specifics of their theory. Okay, I'm but pretty they, well versed. But do at this they point. believe there's an edge? They do. So they believe that the where it, is it? It is. Uh, so if you look at the the, they believe that the Earth looks like the UN logo, which they believe is part mm-hmm. of the global conspiracy. Mm-hmm. So the the the, the UN logo has um, Antarctica in the middle and the continents surrounding it. On the edge, according, like I said, I went deep down this rabbit hole, guys. We can, can go can there tell. if you want. <laughs> On the edge. Do you listen to the radio talk radio at like two a.m.? Oh yeah, coast to coast. <laughs> yeah, our, yeah. Oh, our, our Nori, our, yeah. our Bell. Our Bell. Yeah. yeah, George Nori and our Bell. Yeah. No way. All the time, oh, man. No. I go oh, I there, man. I, I go there. I love so, it. So anyway, so what they believe is on the outer edge yeah. is essentially like an, a wall of ice. Like, like, just, just. Why do they think we so don't now like because fly Westeros. into it on an airplane or something? Like, what? Be- because the airlines are in on it and they know not to go that far. They know just to go in between the continents and not to go to the ice wall. That's what they believe. <laughs> wow. Not, wait, wait, and, wait, 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 wait
the poles. The, the, it's around. It's so. So, so imagine. So, it looks, so imagine kind of like the, plane, the Truman like Show. There's plate. a wall. Exactly. There's an edge. And the and, and speaking of the Truman Show, they believe that the atmosphere is essentially like a dome. And oh. so, so the firmament well, that explains is it. like a dome. And uh, the sun and moon are actually a lot smaller and are very close as well. Like Mark. they're not like hundreds of thousands of miles. They're like they, they, I, I, hundreds of millions and millions. Well, well, of well the moon they don't think is like two hundred forty thousand miles away. They think it's like three thousand. Wow, it's much smaller. Smart. I'm just saying. Smart. I went down this rabbit hole, <laughs> and they have a, they have their own solutions for everything. And like they, they don't, they're not proposing this ironically. Like they believe the Earth is flat, and they believe there's a global conspiracy to make people distrust their perceptions of reality wow. and trust whatever they're told. Wow. I went, I went there, man. I went down the hole. And, and they don't find it odd at all that that cosmology sounds oddly like Game of Thrones. Yeah. Well, they actually bring that up. They actually bring up the ice wall thing, and they're like, well, the, the, you know, this was our theory first. Oh, so like Game of Thrones is a documentary. Uh, well, yeah. no, they're just like, you know, it's not like it's the people are going to think it's like Game of Thrones. They're like, no, this is, this is science. That's is legitimately wow. what they believe. What? Yeah. Okay, so you went down the wormhole. Have you come out the other side? Or yeah, are you I still never, down I'm there? never a believer. <laughs> okay, okay, I, I, okay. I, I'm not a flatter. <laughs> I, I believe in conventional science. Okay. I wasn't, see, because my curiosity, I'll say this, my curiosity in it wasn't, oh, is there a global conspiracy? Yeah. My curiosity is, that, is how is, can people possibly believe this? Like, I yeah. wasn't, I, the, the theory itself or the theory, the 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 insanity of it isn't all that interesting to me. What's interesting to me is that rational people can be susceptible Question. to believe it. Do they believe in a creator or that this evolved in that shape? It, it depends. Some of them actually use the as medieval theologians did. Will believe will use the Bible to confirm, uh, uh, you know, the opposite, a geocentricism, right. which is that the Earth is the center of it all. Just like the medieval church did. That's why Galileo was, you know, cast Galileo. off as a as a heretic <laughs> because he pr- proposed heliocentricism. So yeah, it's a whole thing, man. That's a, that's what a lot of people that I talk to that are flat Earth. Flat earthers. Oh, you know flat earthers. I do. I don't I know any relatives personally. that are flat earthers. No, and most of oh them that God. I speak, really? and most of them that I speak to are Christians who have biblical religious. They're actual. Oh. So, but so they believe. I'm, start, I'm they starting believe to understand the population. They, but but they believe there's a global conspiracy, right? Because they're just like they're like the Bible says that the Earth is flat. I don't know where they got that from, yeah. but they say the Bible says that the earth is flat and the Bible says that there's a firmament. A firmament. And so the only, <laughs> and so the only way to protect Message. the Bible and its inerrancy and its infallibility and all that kind of stuff, you know, to say that this is God's word, it has to be exactly true. Like it's written there. Yeah. So. Well, so, that's a, that's so God created essentially a snow globe that he's watching. Yeah. Basically. I mean, it's like, well, when you say something like, well, the sun is in the center, well, or, or like, um, the, the sun stood still. The Bible says the sun stood still. Therefore, the sun has to well, move because the Bible flat says Flat Earthers so. also believe oh. that, the, that the moon, they, they also believe that the moon emits its own light. It's not reflecting the sun. Oh. And so they, they also say that when and that's in Genesis, that the, there's a greater light and a lesser exactly. light. They're like, no, it's a light. It's not like we, we would say, well, that's just the poetic understanding of someone who's living in <laughs> relatively primitive times. They're understanding what they see and trying to articulate that. You yeah. know, yeah. they would say this is what the Bible says. Literally, I, I'm telling you, I, because before, I mean, the, the Kyrie Irving thing yeah. and like, <laughs> the, you know, um, it, who else? It was Shaq. It Shaq, was yeah. uh, what's his name on the Warriors? Um, Draymond Green. Draymond. Draymond's a flat earther. These yeah. guys are college educated people. Yeah. You know, Kyrie went to Duke. 
Can we pause and this? And so, so I was really curious about how people could believe this. Can we pause this for a second, sure. Cameron? We're listening to this. Don't you believe that Jesse is 1% in? <laughs> like the conviction that he just talks about it, like, and then like the amount that he knows uh, about I it. I am not. Like, no, no, I am not flat. I'm just saying. Uh, I, get, hey, I get curious about stuff. I want to know. He's, he's I want to know why they believe it. Okay. I, I, I respect your intellectual pursuit of I, understanding I and do. affirm it. And yeah. you also agree with me. It's between one and four percent. <laughs> one and four. Yeah. One yeah. And four. Hey, all I'm saying. All he heard them, something that he can't quite yeah. debunk. Yeah. There you was like a little sparkle in his eye when he was talking about the light. He's just like, well, here's the thing, interesting guys. Here's the thing, guys. On you. that. You, huh. you can... You said, I, will, I will not believe hey. it when one of you guys goes to the ice wall with me and you tell me what's out there. You tell me there's not an ice wall. I'll tell wall. you what's out there. White walkers. That's yeah. what's out yeah, there. Exactly. <laughs> Don't even get close. They're everywhere. Mm. All right. Uh, any other feedback? Yeah, we, there's we, a lot. Uh, someone was mad. and They got other stuff from Mad Mike, but I think we've covered Mad Mike's territory pretty thoroughly. Someone was mad that we didn't ask uh, Richard Rohr about magnetic fingers. They felt like <laughs> we had promised to he do it. He would have given the loveliest, we had promised most thoughtful to do it. answer, I'm yeah. sure, ever. I know. He probably would have. So so I've gotten, uh, look, this is what someone posted. This is a, 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 this is saying what would happen if we ask everyone that question and it is a stock market arrow pointing up oh if we goodness. were to pursue the magnetic <laughs> oh thing. So people won't stop talking about it. All right. Well, there's a, there's a lot more. There's a lot more feedback there. Go check it out. Done some good work. Okay. It's here. time for this week's editorial question of the week. All right. Well, you know, as we tend to do on this podcast, we brought you your Christian celebrities talking about Jesus. Yeah, this and is our thing. And we brought you your internet wormholes. And this yeah. has been the most on-brand podcast. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm because I, yeah. I could do a whole internet wormhole podcast. Yeah. Yeah, like, honestly, like I go down them yeah, all the time. Honestly, we know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We've been on the show for quite a while. <laughs> you know, yeah, his daughter doesn't know his name. Yeah. 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 Honestly, I spent a lot of time. Yeah. This is important stuff. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, We're yeah. talking about a global conspiracy yeah, here, yeah. dude. Yeah. yeah. Honestly. Uh, we want to know for this week's question of the week, what internet wormholes have you found yourself going down? Just intellectual curiosity, wanting to learn more about people different than you. What, or you know, <laughs> beliefs different than your own or theories. Can, what internet wormholes can have I, you Can I gone say two, one, maybe a little politically incorrect, but okay. it, there's, there's a lot of theories. One that isn't, that, that's just interesting, is fan theories about what's on the ground on the Jetsons right now. Like a lot of people. That was a big one. I do love that stuff. There, there's, that was a big one. Okay, this is one that... That's hilarious. I'm, that's I'm, great. Wait, wait, wait. We never see the ground. Ex- thank yeah, you. Wait a second. Exactly. Wait, ever? Wow, we really never good. see no, the ground? Good. That was you? That was yeah, good. man, thanks. Yeah, you never see the ground. So there's a lot of internet no. fan theories about... So it's like it's almost like the movie Wally. Yeah, or is it like a connected Earth. universe with the Flintstones? Like, was Maybe. that once the ground of what the Jetsons are? Like, I in the future? Like, there's like a lot of interesting... There's, <laughs> well, didn't they have a crossover episode? I think they did. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I, I had, that's one I'm just g- digging into. I do love all the like the pic, all the Pixar movies are connected. Like, yeah. I love all okay, that. Okay, yeah, stuff. that internet wormhole I've gone down. That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. That, that that writer John Negreanu, he writes for us all the time. He's the one who came up with the Pixar. Oh, uh, cool. theory. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love. So the, he's a relevant writer. Connect mm. this. Yes. Jesse found himself going down in a wormhole connected with the originator of the yeah. theory, and then mm. now the guy is a. A significant writer finally, for us. Yes, he, he writes all the time for us. And Jesse yeah. finally ends the wormhole at his own top 10 youth director haircuts article. <laughs> 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 I'm saying the internet, I don't know if you guys know this, there's a lot of weird stuff on the internet. <laughs> I like, have, have you seen I the one? I have a family filter on mine. I, I'm not I allowed mean, to see uh, half the sites. Yeah, you, you're a lot on. of the wormholes I'm going down. Have you yeah. seen the one where like all of the TV shows are connected to? Yeah. I love all those. Yeah, it's like oh, the Fraser verse. Yeah, is what that's they call right. it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah
maybe yeah. even two. But yeah. keep going, Jesse. That, that all these spinoffs of spinoffs of guest characters that, that you can trace a lot of sitcoms all live in the same connected universe because yeah. they shared characters at some point, yeah. even on the guest appearances. There was a funny one the other day with uh, the guy from the dad from Modern Family that was also on. Uh, Married, Married, Married with Children. Children. Yeah. That there is a still from him from Modern Family yeah. and a still from Married yeah. with Children. He's reading the same newspaper. The same newspaper one. with the same front page. Yeah. In both of those. And the internet exploded. Yeah. yeah. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But there's got to be other wormholes. Oh, there, there are so and many endless. Worms. That's what yeah. the internet is, basically. Yeah, exactly. So, All right. So we want to know your favorite or just internet wormholes you found yourself going down uh, and, and what you experienced in those wormholes. And have you come out the other side or are you still in them like Jesse? You can hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast, or you can post uh, your more elaborate responses on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Many thanks to this episode's sponsors for making the show possible. Uh, go see Lady Bird, the best-reviewed movie of all time, uh, breaking records, and it's got an amazing redemptive prodigal daughter story. Uh, I cannot wait story. to see it. Is it in theaters yet? Yeah, yeah. It opens wide. It's opening wide right now. We actually saw it. Our staff got to go. Uh, two, three weeks ago. And it was that email. It was phenomenal. (laughs) Uh, Also, Away Travel. Away. For $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com slash relevant and use promo code relevant during checkout. Um, Awesome stuff. And also, Casper. Get $50 toward any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash RM, which stands for... Just relevant magazine. I don't want to mess around with the sponsor again. <laughs> <laughs> and using promo code RM at checkout. Hey, thanks to our guests for joining us today. Thank you to Beth Moore. Uh, you can follow her on Twitter at Beth Moore LPM. And Beth, and, and thanks, you should. Thanks for yeah. yeah it's a great follow. Awesome. Yeah. And thanks for being a voice of reason in Christian leadership. Um, also, thanks to Beautiful Eulogy. You can follow them on Twitter at Beautiful Eulogy. Their new album Worthy is out now. Uh, hey, if you're looking for a, st- uh, a good gift, a stocking stuffer that was not on Eddie's top 10 things not people even, don't want. Not list, even on the top 50. We have a special gift uh, offer for Relevant Magazine subscriptions going on now. Go over to the website and uh, check it out. Uh, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, literally for an entire Every year. Every other month, you're reminded yeah. of Jesse's interests. And, <laughs> and the person you give it to, when they get it, they get access to the the iPad version right away, right? iPad, yeah. all the digital archives, everything. A lot of wormholes coming this year. <laughs> <laughs> Wormholes. Yeah. I don't want to give it away, but uh, something about the next. It's called a tease. Yeah. It's, called a tease. it's all about wormholes. Hey, and while you're online, head over to iTunes. And if you like the show, and only if you like the show, leave a uh, a review or a comment or a rating. It helps uh, the helps it get in front of more people. Can I add one quick plug too? Oh, I yeah, always please. do this, but yeah. uh, uh, one of our one of the RPN podcasts made history this week. Oh yeah, the uh, Relevant Podcast Network. Uh, yes. Everybody in this room, except for me and Andre, host a host a different show. Uh, just. Uh, uh, oh. Eddie with a uh, new activist and, and, and Jesse hosts uh, relevant is doing a sports That's podcast. Right. And this week I, I haven't confirmed with the, the, the record keepers at the podcast archives and Apple headquarters, but I'm pretty sure this is history making yeah. this week. We became in, and from my we, research we being relevant is doing a sports podcast. This, yeah, is, exactly. this is a teaser by the way. Yeah, this is a teaser. <laughs> the only like. podcast in history to have an interview with Pope Francis 
and the most dangerous man alive, UFC legend Ken Shamrock, in the same episode. A man of peace yeah. and a man of violence in one episode. You are not going to want to hear it. Download it You're now. not going to want to hear it. You're not going to want to hear it. You're not going to want to miss it. Take it out. Just to be bitter, I have an incredible conversation with Latasha Morrison about racial reconciliation. You're, yeah. The MMA fighter is going to smoke the show. Yeah. Well, the Pope, the Pope too. Oh, yeah, the that. Pope. Yeah. Yeah, so. All right. Well, on that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Eddie Koffeltz. I'm Andre Henry. I'm Jalen Strang. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to The Relevant Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Check out other shows from The Relevant Podcast Network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. And while you're there, browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store. Make sure to subscribe to Relevant Magazine. Info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward slash subscribe. Black rainbows never stop. Hey, I'm never gonna give you up my love. Give you up my love. Whispers, lies, the You know, I was expecting to be teased there.